Hello, welcome back. It's been a little while. We've had some vacation going on around here. I hope all of you are doing well. We've been doing great. And it's, uh, summer's just cruising right along. We're almost out of it. Damn, winter's gonna be here in, like, two weeks. Today we're, uh, gonna start a series I've been wanting to do for a while now. But honestly, it's, it's a whale of a series. I don't even know where to start. This is gonna be Moby Dick. It's gonna swallow me whole. But uh, we're going to tackle authoritarianism, and I use that in a general term to, to kind of blanket everything that's going wrong in the world right now. We see it on a local, federal, global scale. It's just, it feels like the world is just collapsing, and we're like waking up in some crazy Orwell book. It's, it's not even that crazy at this point. Um... So if you'd join me, let's uh, crack one and uh, get into this. So unless you've been living under a rock for the last two years, you're at least a little bit familiar with what I say when I talk about the current authoritarian bent we're seeing. It doesn't really matter where you are. There's, uh, there's no place that hasn't been touched by this. We're seeing things happen in Germany and Poland that you would never in your wildest dreams think could ever happen. Uh, I have family in, in Holland and you're seeing police turn water cannons on nurses, doctors and peaceful protesters. And I don't like this is a military vehicle shooting high pressure water at the same people a year ago we were praising. It's, uh, it's, I don't know how we got here. I certainly don't know how we get out of here. Um, but we're all here together. Before we get too far into that, though, I think it's, it's critical to cover freedom first. You kind of have to understand that fully to understand what's at stake, what's being taken or given up freely, um, which is freedom. And there's a lot of different ways you can look at freedom, how you can value it or view it. To me, freedom is a currency. It is something we fight to get. And then once we have an abundance of it, we use it as a barter system. We, we give it up freely in exchange for safety, security. And what I mean when I say that is we all remember September 11th and that we can all agree that was horrible but in the aftermath of September 11th we saw broad sweeping measures put in under the guise of we need to protect us from this ever happening again if you're in the states or if you're like us in Canada ever happening at all so we saw really the the ramp up of a already existing security state and nobody really questioned it. We can all get behind that. We don't want to see a terrorist attack claim thousands of lives. And the response to that was the Patriot Act in the States. And, and every country kind of adapted a similar measure, a scaled measure, but uh, a measure nonetheless where they ruled that certain invasions of privacy were not just acceptable, but necessary 
and for the greater good. And for me, that really is the canary in the coal mine. When you start to see the, the speech and the language around it start to shift to a collectivist mentality, a group mentality, you lose individuals and individual liberty in exchange for the protection of the perceived collective. And that is a known tactic going back throughout history. You look at all of the regimes and the the powerhouses that have done terrible things. It, uh, it often hinges around society's conception of the individual. It's with the group mentality and the collective mentality that people can be sidelined and ignored and written off as selfish or with just disregard to the group. When you remove the individual, it makes it very easy to dismiss any dissent because how could one person or a minority be against the group? You can't, you can't endanger the group. You can't threaten the group and you can't pose any risk or objection lest you be some crazed lunatic when really it's quite the opposite when we look back through history. It's not the individualistic principles that pose a, a threat to modern society or, or even historical society. If you look at it, it's the group think. It's the collectivist ideology that's steered by a handful of people with genuine malice, with alternative motives, and they're using these mechanisms to manipulate. And once you've really grasped some of the mechanisms and some of the warning signs, it really does become one of those things. The matrix, red pill, blue pill. The red pill meaning you see the truth. You can never unsee it. The blue pill, you can be quietly numb to it. And it, it really does come down to that that simple reference. And it's once you see it, once you understand what's happening, you see it everywhere. You can't not see it. Perhaps, more than perhaps, certainly there's some confirmation bias happening there. So maybe it's not quite as bad as we think. But when it comes to such important topics like freedom versus authoritarianism and and the balance between the two, I think you have to be on guard. The Jewish holiday and sentiment of Yom HaShoah, which means never forget, and I think that's lost in today's world. We write it off as, oh, that could never happen. Or if you compare anything now, like, you can't make Hitler comparisons, obviously, because this is not Hitler. And if you make that comparison, you're diminishing what actually happened to the people that died in the Holocaust. And to though that's true to an extent, you should not abuse that comparison. It's also disingenuous and, and almost disrespectful not to be on guard, to not uphold the promise to never forget. Part of never forgetting is always being on guard because it 
it didn't just happen in a Nazi echo chamber that was Germany. There were many reasonable people. In fact, the majority of the people in Germany would have fallen somewhere in the middle of reasonable. No different than the neighbor to the left of you or the right of you. Somebody you'd see in the grocery store. What we need to look at is how did it get there? What mechanisms were in place? What manipulation was used to get there? And that's some of what we're going to be tackling in the coming episodes. And more so what we're seeing today that should be compared and what we should be on guard for. And some people are. There's been flags raised. There's been horns blown. But it seems to be falling on deaf ears. And perhaps this is how it was in Germany. Maybe there was, I'm sure there were people that spoke up and said, hey, this is, this is going sideways fast. But how, how can you stop what seems to be an authoritarian reign from happening? Now, I, I'm not attributing any, any direction. I, I don't mean to equate that what's happening today across the globe with this tendency towards authoritarianism to compare that to the Holocaust. I don't, I don't attribute motive to it. I'm, I'm, I'm strictly referencing the mechanics. I simply don't know the motive. Genuinely, I, I imagine it's power. Power corrupts everything, and eventually it's just addictive. But it would be naive to not highlight when you start to see things going in a direction that should concern everyone, where it could end tomorrow, and, and we made it this far towards it. And that could be fine. We, I'm sure many of us would be happy if it ends today, this is the line, that's fine, we can all live. And truly, this is goes back to the, the September 11th and what we saw come out of that. It's one bite at a time before it's all gone. And if it ends right here, right now, it it starts here next time. And it goes a bit further. But truthfully, I, I don't see it slowing down at any point. I, I do think there's going to be some more drastic moves in the next year, probably. I, I, I would say the next year has a critical point on what direction things go. I... In Canada, we're far too polite. Please, by all means, be nice to your neighbor. Be nice to everyone. But have your lines, have your principles, and stand by them. Um, we are such a pacifist nation that we will politely allow ridiculous things to happen and have no consequences. Um, it's pretty scary also... A, a slight compliment, I suppose? Great. We're, we're so nice, we'll just give you our freedom. And that brings me full circle to the concept of freedom being a currency. We have fought bloody wars to protect and maintain our freedom. And we happily give it up when we feel like the whole of society hinges on it. But we don't understand the costs. The people alive today did not pay for the freedom we enjoy. 
And yes, we have Remembrance Day. Yes, we have family that served, but nobody seems to really appreciate the cost and the value of what we have. If they did, perhaps they'd be a little more hesitant to allow such overreach. And that should worry people. But at the same time, once you're in that position, there's really no choice but to go too far now. The only way we're going to see a push towards freedom and liberty again is going to be when we find the tipping point on the teeter-totter where we've gone too far and we must push back. I think we're close, and that gives me hope. Like Going into next week, um, it is expected that Canada will likely hear a federal election be called... Rumor has Monday, we'll, we'll likely see it called, but whether it's next week or next month, we're, we're heading towards a federal election, and you're already seeing the, the counter-swing happening. Whether it works this cycle, or if it's there's a latency to it, you're seeing a Liberty platform come out. You've got New Blue... Uh, founding, starting out of Kitchener there in Ontario, and you've got uh, Max Bernier's party that's national now. They've got amazing candidates in many ridings, and we need it. We need, even if it's just to set the tone of discussion and to have liberty, have a seat at the big table again, where it's been sidelined and ignored, and it's it's standing up and it's saying now we talk and eventually we'll get to the point where we're not talking anymore we're here this is a conversation and we won't be ignored and I think that's that's coming like that's where I draw my hope for because honestly without any hope in in this climate it's it's easy to get pretty bogged down by it and uh, I certainly have my moments where I kind of lose faith in the in the systems we have and uh i i can't really blame anyone for feeling that way but i do see in the next five or ten years maybe it might take that long but you're gonna have a generation of kids that that were honestly abused by the politics of the last two years and god knows how much more and you're gonna see that come with a different respect for what a government should and should not do. And I, that gives me hope. Brighter days are ahead. It's how we navigate the moment we're in now and how we identify our way through it. So you don't fall victim to manipulation by either side of the, of the political aisle. No side is above the manipulation. They all play their games. And you can't beat them at their games. But once you understand what the game is, you can just decide not to play it. And hopefully we can tackle some of that next week when we dive into propaganda and its use in modern society and how it was used in the past and how the two are related. History doesn't always repeat itself, but it does rhyme. 
thanks for following along this week and for the well-needed holidays the last week and a bit. I uh, hope that gives you some more to think on and we will expand a little bit more next week when we deal with that. Till then, enjoy, stay free.